to have them in your world. Um, I'd like to start off this time by inviting Larissa. Would you like to come up um, to the front for a moment? Welcome to everybody. I get to be, have the privilege of speaking to you today. And Larissa's going to be a part of helping me. Um, and Lily is too. Kids, would you like to head out to your program? Oh, there's no program. No, stay. Stay. Come. Come. Maybe they need chocolate. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to get ourselves organised here. I've invited Larissa up front. Can you just do a swivel? Turn around. Thank you. Isn't she gorgeous? She's one of our mums in church life here. Excellent. And I've invited Lily, our own very own Mac consultant, all the way from Auckland, <laughs> to come and be a part of creating this visual expression. That's part of my message. Jenny... A few oh gosh, talks ago, she talked about the cracked mirror. Do we remember that? She showed us all the cracked mirror and made mention about the fact that when we are um, like, look into other people to get affirm ourselves and to get our value and our worth, or even if we look into ourselves to get our value and worth, it's like looking into a cracked mirror because we're all broken. We're all broken. And so what we see back, though, is a cracked version of ourselves. It's not the true version of ourselves. So this is part of my visual expression that Lily has so kindly said yes to helping me out in, and Larissa has said, yes, she's happy to do whatever I ask. So she's just so lovely. <laughs> oh, within reason, she says. <laughs> okay. What I'd like to do is kick off this time, though, ladies, get that chocolate out if you feel like it, to nibble on. We're going to watch a bit of a DVD, and um, if you can't eat sugar, just pop it into your bag and give it to your kids later. Thanks, are Glenn. Are you guys sure you got this? Yeah. The twins are plugged in, baby's asleep. How hard can this get? We're men. Besides, I bumped into Chuck Norris at a Pizza Hut once. I think his powers rubbed off on me. Get out of here. Go on, enjoy your mommy getaway weekend. Oh, this weekend was a bad idea. You remember what happened last time we watched the kids? I'm not a pinata. Yeah, we're gonna need help.
warning, use of this product may alter your perception of reality. All right, everything looks the same. This is a joke. Guys, 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 it's like the Sahara in this cup. Can somebody hit me with some juice? <laughs> and listen, pulp, no pulp, doesn't make a difference to me. You're the ones dealing with the diaper. Mom goggles. Beautiful! <laughs> okay, sweetie, I need you to sit on your bottom. Listen to Daddy. You sit on your bottom, okay? Daddy's gonna come get you. Don't move. Don't dance. Just sit on your bottom. Daddy's gonna come get you. Don't you try to stop me. Baby made a poopy. Yes, you did, bitch. Where are your mom goggles? They wouldn't fit over my hazmat suit. Take that. Oh, oh. You're so cute, bitch. And then the little boy rocked his mommy. Oh, I love you. Forever. I like you, too. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Oh, well you take it and you fold it from corner to corner. No, I'm, I'm asking the question, how do moms do all of this? How do they handle it all? Well, maybe they have goggles we don't know about. It's as if God gave moms a special way of looking at things, you know? Okay, who taught you servanthood? Who modeled grace? Who gave you a taste of what God's love could look like? My mom, Mr. T, and my mom. Anyway, I, I just think God gave moms a special way of looking at things. Hey, honey. Hey, how's it going at home? It's all good. Guess you could say I'm starting to catch a glimpse of what your world looks like. Oh, really? Yeah. Mama. Hold on, your daughter wants to say something to you. I did mama. She says she misses you. And she realizes how important you are in her life. And she doesn't know how you do it. And she knows that she can't make it without you. She said all that, huh? I don't know if she said it. But it's what I wanted to say. And I should have said it a lot sooner. I thank God for you. Twins. Um, it, 
It was nothing. Um, I, we, we have to go, okay? Um, lo love you, Mommy. Great, eh? <laughs> okay, dads, how many of you would like a pair of them? Yeah, oh, only two. Go for it, Carl. That's awesome, yeah. Mums, how many of you would actually seriously have liked to be given a set of those the instant baby came out? Absolutely. Then we wouldn't have been like Linda was actually really saying, you're terrified. You've got all this responsibility, and what happened on day one is not the same for day two. It just really does change around. Those goggles would be amazing. Because they actually help us have connection, don't they? Like everything about that was actually understanding and connection that was there. And honestly, that is what we've been created for. From the very beginning when God actually looked and thought about creation, he said, I'm going to make humans for connection to have connection with us. He didn't create us just to hang out with or to have robots or to have buddies who would just do whatever he said and whatever he wanted. No, he created us for interaction and for connection one with another. And then when we broke that connection, he sent Jesus and set about making sure that that connection could be restored for forever and never be broken again. He's amazing just so that we would have this connection with him. And he put the record straight. Jesus came and lived the kind of life that we could never live. He never broke connection with God, not once. Never broke that connection. And then he offered that to us. Offered us that opportunity to actually say yes to him. And we get, in the process of that, we get forgiveness. We get healing. It's just amazing what God has done for us because he's motivated to connect with us. His relentless, unfailing, unstoppable, just pursuing love for you personally. Not the person next to you. Don't side flick it and say they're more worth it. No, but for you personally, that's what he's done. And as mums, that's what we love with our kids. You heard it just being expressed so well through Linda the love of that connection, of staying connected and how that connection actually changes. But actually still, love never changes. Her heart for her daughter and now for Matt as well. And when I say loving well, this love that is there, I'm not just referring to like the warm, gooey, yummy, snuggly feelings that the movies all portray that this is what love is. Love just feels good. And then you know you're in love. And then as soon as those feelings go, you're out of love. No, love is so much deeper, and we kind of do know that, we get that, that it's body, yes, but soul and mind and spirit. There's so much more breadth to what love actually is. And it's more than just being able to see with mum goggles. It's even more than that. You know, loving well is actually really simple. It's just not easy. Loving well actually just means to prefer somebody else, to put somebody else first. It's just darn hard to do that and really confusing at times. 
We battle with our humanity. We battle basically with our selfishness, our me first, like Carl was talking about. But have you noticed that the Ten Commandments that some of us have like a real bad allergic reaction to when we hear that, it's actually all about treasuring connection, treasuring connection with God and treasuring connection with others. And the others part is like, don't murder. That kind of breaks connection, eh? (laughs) In a big way. Uh, Anyway, commit adultery, slander, that's malicious gossip about other people, steal, covet what is not ours, and to honour our parents. That's all about, like, just wanting to retain connection, wanting to honour connection with the people in our world around us. It doesn't want that broken. Connection and love don't want that trust and that faith in one another to be broken. And as mums, as me as a mum, that's everything with my kids. I don't want to have broken connection with them. I want to treasure that. And so we, whether we're a mother or whether we're in relationship, if you're sitting next to somebody, you're probably in relationship, not necessarily married, but they're either siblings or friends. And this thing called connection, called love, is this journey that we're all on, aren't we? On how to do it and how to do it well. And I'd actually have to say that this is not like an extra credit that you can add on to your uni papers or an extracurricular activity that you can just kind of tack on at school so it looks good on your CV when you're leaving. It's actually the main thing. Love is actually the main thing. In 1 Corinthians 13, what verses 1 to 3... I'd just like to read this to you. It says, If I speak in human or angelic tongues but do not have love... I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I have nothing, don't we? But these are all really good things, like in the list that was up there on the screen. <laughs> They're all really good things. I mean, who, who doesn't want to be able to speak in many languages and be able to communicate to lots of different people? Who wouldn't love that ability to be able to do that? I mean, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? And, I mean, who doesn't want to be able to be really wise so that you just would have wisdom into any scenario that you walk into? It's just you actually would have knowledge and wisdom and be able to help out. I mean, that's what we want. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd love to be able to do miracles. Seriously. I mean, imagine how amazing that would be when anybody who's sick, they come to you, they ask for you to pray, and you do, and God uses you, and boom, they're healed. That would be stunning. Does anybody else, like, want that? Yeah. Yeah. It would be amazing. What about being super generous, that you just always just gave and had stuff to give and had time to give and you just were that person that is super generous? But this scripture shows, and God really wants to highlight, it's not what we do that matters. It's who we are. 
that matters. Does love infuse what we do? Which base do we come from? And he invites us into this place of knowing him more and being able to come from that base of love. Most of us that have been in church life for a wee while know this scripture. Matthew, cool, excellent, Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as, yeah, we all know it pretty good, don't we? And we understand the first part. That's all about freedom with God and and him loving me and me loving him and he and I having this connection and and just everything that um, Mike talked about in terms of Linda with this and uh, Mike and Linda talked about with Nicola being the wee little baby and all these people just loving on her and, and she's just like this cute little baby that's just like blissfully sort of unaware, just wondering when the next meal's going to come from, and is she going to be cuddled and held, and then, oh yeah, and then awareness for love actually comes and grows, and this is our relationship with Daddy God, that awareness that his love pursues us, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we're thinking about food or our job or our friends or the people around us, his love is consistent and there for us. But it's the second part of the verse that I actually want us to focus on. The second commandment, which was, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, as Christians and as people that actually just want to be nice people in the world, we totally get loving your neighbor, don't we? Yeah, loving others. That's usually what we, what we read when we read that scripture. But it's really important, and this is what I want to highlight, is that little two words after it. What do they say? As yourself. As yourself. And that as is really important. Two little letters that imply magnificent amounts. Okay. Do we give ourselves the same amount of attention of love from God for ourselves, for you personally, as we actually give to other people. So when we go to God and we're talking to him about stuff, we're asking him to change us and we just want to be the best mum we can be. We just want to be the best father we can be, the best friend we can be, the best worker we can be. For others, are we asking him as well, I just want to be the best me I can be for me? Interesting question, eh? And we can all fall foul of that, of this not asking for that, and we martyr ourselves on the goal of giving out to everybody else and end up tired and dispirited. Has anybody ever gone there? Yeah. I think we all have. So how do we know whether we're loving ourselves well is a good question, I thought. And um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's like the love chapter, isn't it? Everybody goes, it's like the go-to love chapter. But I want to read verse 7, which kind of encapsulates it all together. It says, this is what love is. And this is also how we know whether we're loving ourselves well. It always protects, it always trusts. It always hopes and it always perseveres. 
This is for me when I'm talking to God about me. It's not selfish. You're not being self-centered. You're actually just being Christian, being what God's actually said, loving yourself. Interesting, eh? So what do you hope for yourself? What do you believe for yourself? How is your love increasing for yourself when you look in the mirror? Is it increasing? Is it growing? I think we can best see whether we love ourselves by our speech. I think what comes out of our mouth actually is a really great indication of how well we do in that. You know, is our speech kind? Especially about ourselves. About what I say about me is what I'm referring to. Is my speech kind, protective, full of hope, always believing the best? Or am I judgmental, harsh, sharp, irritable, not kind, cranky, embrace the Kiwi cut down of myself? The Bible's pretty clear. It says, um, if that kind of stuff's coming out of your mouth, it's better not to speak so you don't prove yourself a fool. I, I'd like, God's really been speaking to me a lot about this, so I'm not just pointing the finger. I've got like, you know, a whole bunch pointing back at me with, with this aspect. And we also notice this in our speech about others, how we actually view others, how we see others. Because God is saying here, our connection with him and my love, embracing this love, ongoing, growing love for myself, it's out of that overflow we can love other people. And so it's out of that place that my language and my treatment of other people actually shows up. But we often forget the as ourselves side of things. And I, so I just want to encourage you to embrace that, to embrace that. And when I love myself, it means I look after myself, body, soul, and spirit. And that's another huge message in and of itself, which I'm not going to address. But it is. It's looking after yourself. It's loving yourself. And you have full permission from the word of God in the second commandment that he's given, that Jesus gives. Love others as you love yourself. Okay. So the next thing is, is, that, is in reference to that, is being able to partner with the truth of what God actually does say. I'm really thankful for feelings and emotions, and for a lot of my growing up, I really wasn't, because I'm quite an emotional person. And in my family, everybody else is kind of like even, you know, like they just even through life, you know? And they're happy people, but they're even, whereas I'm like yo-yo. And especially when I was younger, just I just, I thought, especially with my sister, I used to whinge to her about how my life just felt like the roller coaster ride, up and down and around the corner and spinning and up and down. And, and she would just like sail through life, looking cool and calm and like nothing affected her too much in a bad way. And I, I really, I found that difficult. But these days I'm thankful for them. They alert me to danger they alert me to pain, and they actually save me from a lot of things. But I've also learnt that I can't rely on my feelings to give me the truth. 
and I can't rely on my feelings to give me a good perspective on things. Yeah, preach that girl. <laughs> and as a mum, we feel anxious, like Linda said, like literally from, you know, 30 seconds after they're born. You feel anxious and have those feelings of fear and anxiousness that are there. But God says to us, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Not an anxious mind, but a sound mind. And so we've got to know that God actually does not speak to us through fear or through anxiety. So sometimes when we're feeling all sort of panicky, and, uh, 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 is God trying to tell me something? No. No, that is not God. That is not who he is. And as parents, we would all know that we can embrace this before we've even realized we have. Panic and fear and anxiety. When they're little, we worry about how they're going to grow up, how they'll behave when they're out with us, will they make friends, and whether they'll bite the kid next to them. Those of us that have had biters, we actually know that. Okay. As they get older, like my kids now are, we worry about how long it's going to take till they actually do grow up. (laughs) We actually worry about how they're going to behave when they're not with us, as opposed to when they are. And then we worry about who their friends are, not whether they're going to make them. And then we also worry whether they're still going to bite the person next to them. (laughs) Just in different ways. And we can find ourselves lying awake at night, going crazy in our head with scenarios and conversations, planning out how we're actually going to handle it, how this is all going to go. We're just thinking, thinking, planning, planning, thinking, planning, thinking, planning. Or am I alone? Okay. Well, that's my world inside my head. So it's kind of, does God use fear to speak to me? What does he say in his word? That perfect love casts out all fear. He is love. He wouldn't be casting out something that he's trying to use to tell me something. No, God is love and he doesn't use fear and anxiety to speak to me. Also, is that in keeping with his nature? What is his nature? Well, his nature is, as John said this morning, all good things come from him. Is this good? No, it's not. So mm, maybe it's not from him. His hopes, his plans for him, us, for me and for my kids are for a hope and for a future. That's positive stuff. That's not negative stuff. And so I don't need to be anxious. And so then I have to ask myself, well, who is speaking to me then? Who's making my mind go crazy? Me is definitely one of them because I don't feel like I'm in control anymore. And the enemy plays on that big time. When we know those things, we actually know how to run to God, how to run to him and ask him for his help. The last point is what we focus on shapes us. 
I was speaking to a mum recently and she said to me, Sandra, when I became a mum, I decided on two things really early on. With my downtime, I was not going to watch um, daytime TV and I was not going to read girly magazines. I was like, ah, oh, okay, why? And she said, because... If I have downtime, I actually want to build into me. She understood this love me bit, loving herself bit. She said, um, I want to build into myself. I want to build into myself my, my physicalness, my soul, and my spirit. So if I have any downtime, I want to use my time productively. I don't want to get into the comparison game. I thought that was so wise so incredibly wise she understood that where her focus was that would dictate how she would live out her life whether she'd be continually comparing herself and wanting more or wishing this and wishing that and hoping this and hoping that or whether her focus was actually in who God is and what her life can look like in him I just thought she was just so amazing I was just like wow that I wish I'd figured that out (laughs) all those years ago What we look at, what we listen to, whom we listen to, how we use our time actually will align us up with how we handle the good times and the difficult times and will dictate how we walk through them and how we walk out of them as well. It's amazing. At Christmas time, I was talking to a couple who'd just been on um, about a two-week Mediterranean cruise. Cool, eh? Like, amazing. That's where Don is right now. Jealous. But anyway, um, and talking to the, the husband, and he spoke to me briefly about just how amazing it was. And the food and the, the entertainment and the... It just, he loved... It just, yeah, wonderful. And so I thought, great. And so I went and spoke to the wife and said, you know, just hearing what your husband's been saying about the cruise. And she went, oh. And she like, I could not stop her. It was like, how do I get out of this conversation? She just went on and on and on about how bad it was. All the negative things, everything that you could think about whinging about, she did all because they chose to focus on different things. Same trip, same experience, totally different walking it out. eh? So, keeping our heart, keeping our heart humble and tender when we do experience pain, when we do experience that kind of stuff. And where is our focus going to go? Where are we going to set our eyes on? Who are we going to listen to? Who are we going to speak to about something we might be struggling with? It's really important. I remember my mum telling me this kind of stuff and just think, what, what difference would that make? She's my girlfriend, you know? Of course I'm going to tell her because then she's going to feel sorry for me, you know? But that's actually not necessarily helpful. But I didn't understand that then. But the word of God is so wise and so helpful for us to actually live out life and walk through life and know how we're going to actually roll that out and maintain connection, one with God, but also with one another really, really well. So I want to steward my eyes and my ears, and I want to choose to partner with the truth, not partner with panic. And I want to embrace what it means to love God more 
and figure out what it actually means to love myself more. So out of that, out of that place, I can love others better. You know, when we're in here in God's house, when I'm here, and I look into the mirror of his face, it's a fascinating thing. We are shown ourselves as he sees us. And some of us really struggle with that. And we can't believe that is quite true, that we are flawless. We're covered by Jesus. Larissa, do you want to just come up here for a moment? And turn around and face everybody. Isn't she gorgeous? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Lily. We're covered by Jesus. Now, some of us struggle with that, like I was saying, and it's just a bit like makeup. Some people struggle with makeup because they think it's fake and that it's a cover up. <laughs> that it's, it's a cover up. It's not the real me, or it's not the real her, or the real he, what, you know, if you wear makeup. And, <clears throat> but this is the deal Jesus covers us and we look different to him. He covers us. That's what the word says with his righteousness, his perfect record. That's why we're flawless because it's his perfect record that covers us, that creates us to be flawless. We're not plain, we're not broken, we're not scarred. We're beautiful and we're flawless in his sight. Glenn, would you be able to play us this piece that as a church I think we've fallen in love with because the truth of these words and the visual representation of that is beautiful. Thanks, Glenn. There's got to be more than going back and forth Just this, but that's exactly what he did. 
So he is for me. He has planned great things for me. He does not want to control me. He delights in me. He sings over me. He loves it when I hang out with him. He is always with me. He is always listening, using up my 10,000 words plus with me. He is always mindful of what I am mindful of. I am flawless. When I stuff up, I get to walk in forgiveness. And when I am broken, I get to receive his healing because I'm flawless. I'm flawless. So I hope it's today that you actually really, really embrace that you were created for connection with this amazing God. And if you want to know any more about this amazing God, ask the people that you came with or come and talk to me. I'd love to chat with you. I understand that some of the chocolates did not, the basket just kind of like, didn't quite make it all the way around. So um, if the basket is somewhere, they'll be, we'll have them on the bench um, over by the, where the coffee is going to be. So if you missed out, I'm really sorry. There is plenty of chocolate, and we'll make sure that the baskets are there for you. And there is also going to be a lovely um, treat that's wrapped in cellophane as well for the mums. But there is also other yummy, delicious stuff for the rest of you here. Have a wonderful time just catching up with the people in your world um, and enjoy celebrating your Mother's Day as well. Well Great job. Great job. So much, so much wisdom been shared. Next week, folk, just to bring you up with the bigger picture, next week I'm going to be preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's, That's the energy source. It's God himself living within us. Um, The following week, on the 22nd of May, we have Richard Black here. And I really want to encourage you to to, uh, invite people to come and um, hear Richard. He's going to be talking on healthy sexuality. We'll be back into our relationship series. And then the final one on the 29th of May, um, Graham's going to be talking about redeeming relationships. And that will have an aspect of looking at um, uh, the hope after divorce, the hope that we can have for relationships after divorce. He'll be talking about redeeming relationships on the 29th. So you can help us now just by um, helping to get the the seats um, put away and uh, we're setting the tables out. Please stay, have some fun, have some uh, fellowship, have have some talking, some connection. God bless.
Come